Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from top CEOs, thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. My intention is to bring you value in every show that sparks an idea, helps you break a limiting belief, or encourages you to create thoughts that uplevel your life so that you can know from the deepest parts of your soul that everything you want is available to you and that abundance is your birthright. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer holistically after surgery without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and exploring spirituality and what it means to be in relationship with spirit so that we can feel whole and complete no matter what life throws at us. My specialty in the business world is strategy and leadership, and my gift to each of you is my ability to listen so that I can help others see themselves. In each episode, I want to sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone, and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most aligned, purposeful, and joy-filled life now, and enjoy the show. Today's episode is about being mindful and aware of what you're seeing with your heart versus what you are seeing with your eyes. Life has been throwing some monster curveballs lately, and we've had fires, earthquakes, more fires, flooding, tropical storms in places where they don't usually arise, and summer temperatures that are breaking records and electricity bills. But you know what we also have? A sun that greets us every morning with its warm light. And when the sun goes down, it usually leaves us this beautiful painting in the sky. After the rain, there's rainbows and the reservoirs refill and the land gets a cleansing. Through a fire, we get to see communities come together and remind us of compassion and humanity and what it actually means to be a community. In due time, the fires that took away will give back new life to the earth where things will grow again and where the rebuilding will begin. Last month, I was having a rough night of insomnia after responding to a text, which ensued into an argument that no one was going to win at 1 a.m. with my old partner. I will say that the conscious uncoupling process is not perfect because we are still humans with lots of emotions and not everyone processes at the same speed. If you are a couple going through a conscious uncoupling process, This is your reminder to lead with a lot of love and compassion because just like any relationship, there may still be waves of ups, downs, and disagreements. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, there is literally a book called Conscious Uncoupling, and it helps couples shift an ending relationship from that intimate partnership into more of a functional relationship so that you don't have to leave the relationship resentful and angry, but can shift into one with love, knowing that roles are just different now. It's worth giving a try, especially if the breakup is truly mutual, especially if you have kids. I think the framework can really allow families to work together under a new set of operational rules that can be really healthy for everyone. So if you are going through a breakup and you want to do it in the most harmonious way possible, it's certainly worth checking out. So back to the story, it's late and I try to go to sleep, but I can't. I toss, I turn most of the night, and I find myself actually looking at the clock once 5.45 a.m. rolls around. I am instantly reminded that this is one of those days where I can make lemonade out of lemons because this is the time of day when the sun is about to come up and greet the earth. 
I quickly pop up, I throw on a t-shirt, pair of shorts, and I Google what time is sunrise. And to my joy, I can see that sunrise is at 6.05 a.m. And if I leave the house right now, I know I can probably catch that sunrise gloriously coming up over the ocean to welcome me into a new day. As I'm driving down the relatively empty streets, I manage to hit just about every red light. But I remind myself that even then, I am at the very least going to drive into seeing this gorgeous sunrise. With five minutes to spare, I get a front row parking spot and quickly jog up the stairs to look out where I see two little bunnies on the lawn scampering to the bushes. And to my right, a man asleep on one of the park benches who I assume is homeless, but later realized maybe he was just a surfer taking a nap. I'm not entirely sure because I didn't ask him. I'm pretty sure he was getting a better night's sleep than I got. So why disturb him? I grabbed a spot on the rail and watched people walking their dogs on the beach. I saw some surfers already catching some of those early morning waves. And I looked up at the sky wondering where or where was my glorious sunrise. I realized that the sky was actually too overcast to see anything but low-hanging clouds, and I kind of laughed at myself and still thanked God for the sunrise I couldn't put my eyes on, but that my heart knew was there. And then I started to really take notice of my surroundings. I realized that there was a big red sign in big red letters, and it was reminding me to stay back because the bluff was eroding. And then I noticed that each park bench, the three that were in front of me that weren't occupied by a sleeping human, had these placards. And on the placards, they had a name and a date range, and also a little quote or a note about the soul who had ascended. And most of them teenagers, one, a 12-year-old boy who apparently loved to fish. And I thought, oh, my so young, so young to leave this human experience. And I wondered how they departed. And then I caught myself reading deeper, but with my heart this time. And I was reminded that we don't always get to count our days here on earth and how beautiful that these young men were loved by someone enough that this person decided to commemorate their memory with a placard on a beautiful park bench where it's going to see every sunrise and sunset every day, even though these guys were no longer physically present and how they might have lived really rich lives, maybe even dying doing something that they really loved, like surfing or fishing or boating. I saw the man who was sleeping wake up. He put his sleeping bag into a big trash bag and then removed the top layer of his clothes to reveal board shorts and a t-shirt and from some other place pulled out a fishing pole. He looked like any other local on the beach ready to have some fun in the sun. And then I really questioned whether he was actually homeless or just a guy taking a quick nap on the beach, well prepared with his sleeping bag and fishing gear. The rabbits, they came out from the bushes and we had a a quick chat. They let me approach and take some pictures and videos. And I thought, wow, how fortunate for these rabbits to be born so close to the ocean. The coyotes don't really come over here because of all the human foot traffic. And so for the most part, these bunnies get to live out their bunny lives with their bunny families a lot longer than most. And here they are playing on the lush green grass and living off the earth in the most simple way. I decided that my mind needed more clearing. And in that moment, I psyched myself up to go jump into the ocean. I always consider the Pacific Ocean cold because it is. It's usually very cold. 
I could barely stand it growing up and I never understood how people got in that cold water sometimes daily. And I didn't know if I had a towel in my car. I resolved that, you know what? I need to do it anyway on this day. And I walked down to the ocean. I started to pass a man who was doing Tai Chi on this deck. And for a moment, I was like, oh, maybe I should ask to join him, do a little Tai Chi. And then I realized it actually might be my poor attempt to delay the inevitable, which is getting into that cold ocean. So I walked down on the sand and I started looking for the perfect entry point. To my left, I noticed this guy putting on his mask and his flippers. And as I get a little closer, I'm like, oh, it's actually a little boy. So let me shift and I'm going to go to the right side of the beach. And now there's some surfers, photographer taking pictures of the surfers. And I shift a little further right where there's nobody. And I'm like, this is the spot. I take off my shirt. I walk into the water topless as fast as I could before I talk myself out of it. And as I dunk my entire body into the ocean and let a couple of waves crash into me, I laughed at myself again because the water felt so refreshing and it felt so healing and it honestly wasn't really that cold. I actually stayed and played in it for another few minutes and reminded myself that the discipline of doing cold plunges at under 50 degrees for the last two years was paying off in this Pacific Ocean water on this morning where I was finding the water so incredibly tolerable. And I was reminded that our battles really are fought in our mind. Any suffering I anticipated about that ocean was 100% in my mind. And it was based on old data. When I experienced the water and I realized how healing and lovely that it was, I also realized that there are moments where I can talk myself out of the beauty of an experience. And I could have done that this time. If I had lost the battle in my mind, I would have not moved forward in this wonderful experience that I had that I really needed this morning. And oftentimes I think we see the world, we have these perceptions and biases and even project what we think an experience will be by what we know or think we know with our eyes that translate to what we are thinking in our mind. The miracle happens when we start seeing with our heart and choose to move forward to do a hard thing or a healing thing or a perceived challenging thing, only to come to find out that once it's over, We were brave, but only brave because of the challenge we made it, only to realize that we can overcome it. We are more resilient oftentimes than we give ourselves credit for being. The fear is on the front end, but when we do the hard thing anyways, that is our way of becoming fearless. And with love, there is no fear. This morning was love for me. It was healing and grounding, and after I gathered my clothes, I discovered not one, but two towels in my trunk, so I did not have to drive home soaking wet. I felt grounded again, and this day was a day to remember that the experience we have on this earth is so much more beautiful when we see with our heart instead of our eyes. Tune in next week for a new episode, and until then, may abundance always walk beside you, may joy always go before you, and may love always guide you on your path. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me more at 
MaryD.com. You can also catch us on YouTube at The Mary D Show. Head on over to Instagram and Facebook and type in at The Mary D and just look for the little blue check to ensure you're on my official page. 